friends, welcome back to the Journal Feed. My name is Nick Zilt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. We are here to keep you up to date on the literature. Let's take a quick look ahead at all the articles that we covered from this past week. First off, a joint policy statement on optimizing safety for children in the emergency department. Second, elderly and delirious, yeah, get the CT. After that, pre-hospital C-spine clerics by medics. Is it doable? I think so. Then, from the fourth article, I've no doubt you will give a skilled scalp massage. But do you think you could really notice a skull fracture? And then finally, from the fifth article, after a brief COVID hiatus, flu is back with a vengeance. Which children, and which of everybody, should be getting oseltamivir? If you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber. And so you will not be receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only receiving a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, they're all good articles. But if you would like to get access to both the full podcast and the blog, then you must become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And remember, we don't ever want money to be a problem or to limit your access to patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, please just reach out and we'll help you out. This is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by Julie Brown, Sam Parnell, Amanda Matthews, Aaron Lacey, and Clay Smith. Okay, let's skip right on over to the third article. Titled Implementation of a Modified Canadian C-Spine Rule for Paramedics out of the Annals of Emergency Medicine. More often than not, trauma patients are transported in full spinal precautions, like a collar and a backboard. This is not comfortable for patients and isn't without physical harm either. It can cause pressure wounds, aspiration events, and even compress neck veins. It's usually only upon arrival to the hospital that the C-spine is cleared. Could this be done before they get to hospital? The goal of this study was to test the safety and accuracy of using a modified version of the Canadian CT spine rule for advanced and primary care paramedics to use on low-risk trauma patients. They had a rather broad definition of low risk, which I appreciate. Anybody who was GCS 15 with stable vital signs. So how did they modify the Canadian CT spine rule, you ask? Well, they actually made it a little bit more stringent by removing two low risk factors. That is sitting position in the emergency department and delayed onset of pain, which of course, both of these make sense. It would be hard to apply these in the pre-hospital setting. The primary measure was the proportion of patients transported without spinal immobilization. They had 4,000 eligible patients, that is those who had blunt trauma mechanism with neck pain, or a visible injury above the clavicles, or a mechanism that could cause neck injury. A total of almost 2,600 immobilizations were avoided with this modified rule. Of all the total eligible patients, about a quarter of them had diagnostic imaging, which means that the pre-hospital evaluation was actually pretty good, but a little bit more conservative than the hospital evaluation. Only 11 had clinically important injuries identified. Only one of those was missed by the pre-hospital assessment, but no adverse events were reported. This deserves replication. I would love to see this repeated. While I'm certain that patients will still be evaluated for C-spine injuries when they get to the hospital, or at least I hope so, having a collar on kind of creates some diagnostic momentum, and it could take hours for a cervical spine to get cleared sometimes. This study was limited by a low number of clinically significant injuries, but it was impressive in terms of how much spinal immobilization it prevented. 
In a spoonful, this trial seems to demonstrate that pre-hospital C-spine clearance with the modified Canadian C-spine rule is both safe and effective. Okay, let's go on to the fourth article titled Physical Examination Sensitivity for Skull Fracture in Pediatric Patients with Blunt Head Trauma. A secondary analysis of the National Emergency X-ray Radiography Utilization Study 2 Head Computed Tomography Validation Study out of the Annals of Emergency Medicine. Remember how in the PCARN head CT rules for pediatrics, there's some talk about scanning the patients if they have signs of skull fractures. There's both palpable skull fractures and signs of basilar skull fracture that you're meant to look for. And these are obviously high-risk criteria. This begs the question then, how good is the physical exam for detecting a skull fracture? This study was a planned reanalysis of the Nexus 2 head CT study, which included 1,100 pediatric patients with head injuries who underwent head CTs. 128 of them had significant findings on CT, and 66% of those had findings which included skull fractures. In the original study, physicians had to prospectively document their exam findings using either the Nexus or Canadian CT head rules. So, from this data, the physical exam for a skull fracture was only 18% sensitive at detecting a skull fracture, though it was quite specific 97%. This actually lines up pretty well with other studies that have shown that patients with basilar skull fractures only have hemotympanum about 58% of the time, and they rarely have battle sign. Perhaps the physical exam isn't going to be the greatest driver for getting a CT, but at least it's specific. All to say, don't be overconfident in your physical exam and know that skull fractures are common in pediatrics with abnormal scans. In a spoonful, as simple as you'd think it would be to examine a patient's skull, we're just not very good at it in children with only a sensitivity of 18%. Okay, let's do the wrap up. What did we learn from this week? Let's bring it all together. From the third article, with luck, this will mean far fewer patients arriving to hospital with spinal immobilization. A modified Canadian C-spine rule appears to be safe and effective when applied in the pre-hospital setting. Then fourth, don't trust your physical exam to detect a pediatric skull fracture. But if you think you found one, then you're probably right. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of space repetition. If you're feeling like you missed out, you'd like to hear more podcasts, because there is more podcasts than what you just heard, then you can come over and join us in the members feed. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and save lives. And so we're trying to help you keep up with the latest research in order to do that, one spoonful at a time. Thank you.